My name is Una. And I'm Andrea. Welcome to United, United Ireland. Ireland. We posted um, on Patreon and on our various social media channels uh, this week that we're taking a little break. So we're just doing this cheeky bonus episode to let people know uh, if you haven't been looking at our comms, uh, our expertly <laughs> rolled <laughs> our expertly rolled out communication strategy regarding our pause. Uh, This is a pressing pause episode. um, And so we're just going to tell you why and that we will be back because we got a few distraught messages from people thinking that we'd um, fled the country um, and just thrown the podcast into the wind like the little dandelion things you see flying around at the moment, which are very calming I find walking down the street or through I find they're very they feel like fairies and magical mystical moments to be honest yes they do they do so Andrea um what's going on with uh the podcast I'm gonna paint a picture in it I'm gonna paint that picture very enticingly because we always manage to be in tune with each other even though we don't know we are so we were having a meeting to talk about the podcast and what where we were at and all that kind of jazz sitting there over eggs and both of us came to the realization that we needed uh to press pause on the podcast because we were we were slightly drifting along we'd had plans to return to uh, a different for to the previous format of 32 counties and then we questioned if this was where the world was right now because as we all know we've been through a pandemic we've all changed the world has changed what we want from our media has changed um and we and we we realized our pod needed to change but we didn't want to just go okay let's make a change and do it really fast so as we know everything is best when you give it space and time and given that we've gone through such a traumatic time for so many people um but like I know I definitely found it really traumatic. The podcast did anchor us in that moment, but it also meant that we were completely tuned in to what was going on in every uh, angle of the of the nation in terms of keeping abreast of political change, keeping abreast of uh, the energy that people were feeling and chewing into that, which is so draining. Um, so we knew we needed to have a break as well to give our minds a little chance to recuperate um so we wanted to make the podcast the best it could be and so we're giving ourselves some time off then we're giving ourselves some pre-production time to reformat um, and come back better and stronger than ever Amen. Yes. Yeah, that's pretty much it. It's funny because um, the podcast has been such an amazing uh, anchor, as you say, Andrea, for us weekly during the pandemic, especially when so much of our other work fell off um, and your business was closed and I couldn't write articles in the same way. But we still had this platform to talk about what was happening Um and share our feelings and give people a bit of a lift or bring issues uh, to light that we felt um, needed to be talked about. Um, But yeah, it just kept going. And as you say, uh, despite our plans to kind of um, reconfigure, we just didn't have the time or space to do that. So we are doing that. So we'll be away for a couple of months, I'd say, um, a few months maybe, as, as we figure things out and make things better, hopefully get back in the studio make new plans and reimagine um, what the podcast is. 
And one of the things that always strikes us is when we're out and about, <clears throat> if we're having a little scooping of an evening, wouldn't or if like us. <laughs> wouldn't be like us at all, or at a festival or a club or a party or something like that, the amount of people who come up to us to talk about the podcast, um, who listen to it, who uh, maybe subscribe to it. And really, you know, our thanks goes out to everybody who has signed up to Patreon and who has subscribed to this because, you know, we know, I know we say it all the time, but you are the guys who've kept this thing going to date and hopefully you'll you'll stick with us and, and more people will come on board soon. But I suppose those conversations that we've had with people out and about has really brought home uh, how much people dig the podcast and how much they get from it. Um, we've had messages for people from people who've changed their jobs because of various um, topics we've raised or um, information that we've we've put out there people who've um, learned loads have uh, gotten more engaged with um, party politics um, and who've taken on different issues themselves um, so that's been just so unbelievably gratifying that it has had that that impact on you guys um, or even just that it's giving you a bit of a lift or a light moment uh, during a grim time and people who dig the Sunday Soothe as well. That really helped us both, I think, in getting through things. So the other kind of worry that I have in the back of my mind that if something like super dramatic happens over um, the the next while and people are like, oh my God, like what, what about this? What about that? If something happens like an election being called or if there's some mad moment that we feel that we can add to that, conversation as opposed to add to the noise uh we we may come back uh quickly quicker than anticipated um we've always tried to have them bonus apps in it yeah we may we may yeah um we've always tried to uh come at things from a different angle and to uh empower people and to offer solutions and things like that so i suppose as sometimes as things get a bit bit pressure it's important to step away from the noise as well i often feel that um in in kind of my job as a columnist as well like how you can switch things up to give people a lift as opposed to you know, kind of uh, getting ground down by um, various issues and troubles in society and stuff like that. Um, and that said, uh, if we if we are, I have to say though, personally, like I always love to bring things personally, that has been the most advantageous thing of doing the podcast for me and for people I talk to is that when you're just so frustrated by something and ha- trying to figure out how to change it, being able to talk to experts and talk it out essentially um in a professional way in a solution finding way and that's kind of the thing that stands to me the most about the podcast is that it's not just coming on to give out about things for the sake of it it's like okay this is something that needs to change here's how we can change it here's somebody knows how to change it let's go yeah so we want to get um want to think about that vibe more and because so many of you guys drop us messages all the time or or have chats with us in the street or whatever, um, let us know what you dig from the podcast over the past three, more than three years. Oh my goodness. Um, and what you feel works, what you'd like more of, um, what kind of topics you'd like to be covered or, or what kind of way you'd like to see them covered in. That all is going to really help add to the soup that we're brewing. Um, but in the meantime... You know, it feels like uh, every every point over the past few years has been a point of of change um, in Ireland in particular. 
And we've always been about like getting these local issues or local topics and giving them a global context and all that kind of stuff. And as you say, Andrea, tapping into the energy um, and the cultural sphere that can really indicate broader trends in, in political life and in society more generally. So we've been thinking about while we're away, what's going to be the big, um, what are going to be the big issues or, or big feelings in Irish society over the next few, uh, next few months, I guess. Um, Andrea, you have been talking uh, a, a lot and we've covered it on the podcast as well uh, about the difficulties that small businesses are going to be facing uh, this autumn and winter. I was wondering in terms of well, predictions can be tricky, but just in terms of that theme, how you think that's going to play out over the next couple of months while we're away? I think the feeling I'm getting from conversations I'm having and experiences that I'm going through is that it's getting harder and harder as a small business to survive and that the only way to to actually survive in this climate, um, and I don't mean the burning world, I mean the socio uh, economic one that we have created in Dublin and Ireland is going to become much m- more difficult as time goes on. Um, it's harder and harder to uh, get staff uh, because they can't live anywhere. Um, and unless you're in a high paying job that can afford to pay um, really high rents or like in th- that you can't live here so ha- where is the more I suppose casual workers going to come from um and the fact that we don't respect and and kind of celebrate celebrates the wrong word but you know that we don't put a successful onus on casual work um and don't see it as something that is imperative to our survival, but also to imperative to people's life cycles that not everyone uh, wants or needs to work in selling ads on Facebook. Um, And that you shouldn't have to only be able to survive in this country by doing jobs like that. And that servicing your community and providing services that people need to survive needs to be put at the forefront. And, um, Cafe owners, uh, small business owners are shrinking, are pulling back, are pulling out, and and it is just going to be really interesting because it just feels like, as a small business owner, all you're doing is chasing tax payments at the moment, and with the corporation tax intake that's going through the roof at the moment, um, and big companies not having to pay that and smaller businesses making up that um and big companies make up like 11% of the full workforce but what about the other 90% like are they not as important um and they're just going to be pushed out uh further and further and i really am worried about the survival of many businesses including my own yeah the small business crisis um goes underreported in in a in a broader way I think like there's loads of different threads that are pulled on it in the media but the broader climate for it I think um is is going under uh reported and that'll definitely be a thing that will be squeezing business uh, especially as the energy bills increase uh over autumn and winter and speaking well, of actually, energy it was on- actually like there was an article today like obviously not obviously, but the electricity went on St. William Street and Grafton Street yesterday. Now, it wasn't to do with the energy crisis or whatever, 
but like that is a reality that's going to happen more and more often and you have the IDA thrown tantrums being like big businesses can't be asked to um to stop or to have blackouts the small businesses and and general population have to cover that because they've got a big lobbying pair and that was written in black and white in another article today that was literally like um big business provides so much uh, employment that it's going to be put on the shoulders of small businesses to carry it and it's like do you not think small businesses make up a huge percentage of jobs and services and providing for survival and it's like how have we flipped from when we were in the pandemic from what the jobs that they were the most important um to keep society running now can't afford to live here nurses teachers um coffee shop staff um food providers like they're the people who who people who work in supermarkets they're the people who keep the cycle the, the circle running like yeah. what is wrong in this upside down land that's definitely a thing that ties in with um another thing that we're we think is going to be uh, a big talking point and a and a massive issue really uh while we're off air uh, and that's energy security um i was writing about data centers again this week it's a uh, topic that I return to again and again because I just think that it's really crucial in terms of um, our energy security with so many things happening at the same time. So you have the data center boom, the new government uh, statement on data centers, which is kind of just continue as is with a little bit of reticence towards speculative data centers, which are the ones that are just built without kind of anchor tenants, I guess. Um and so, uh, as you mentioned, Andre, the argument between the IDA and the CRU, which is the um, utilities regulator, basically, and Airgrid, which operates the electricity grid, you know, Airgrid and CRU want um, peak tariffs imposed on high energy users, that's data centers, um, while they're kind of struggling with um, capacity on the grid and electricity uh, provision. And... Uh, the, there was then the IDA pushed back on that. There was also a piece in the Business Post at the weekend about how these emergency kind of generators that uh, had been planned to be up and running for this winter now won't be. They won't be until um, around mid-2023. And, you know, the bl- the blackout scenario is so alarmist, right? Like it may not happen at all. Um, I guess everybody kind of looks to what is the extreme end of, of where this could end up. But that um, tension between... Uh, Ireland's uh, overburdened electricity grid, data centres being the primary driver of electricity demand in Ireland. We have an energy crisis, obviously, in Europe. It affects Ireland in a different way, in fairness, with regards to gas in particular, because we don't have to deal with what a lot of um, continental European countries are dealing with regards to supply of gas from Russia. However, um, we're also dealing with this super accelerated um electricity demand because of data center development and what that will look like during the winter, especially as we know the insane rise in price of electricity and gas for householders themselves um, and uh, the government trying to throw money at that as they did with that kind of uh, bill bonus um, thing. 100 euro for everyone. But what that looks like when things, the infrastructure of it, I suppose, gets get squeezed uh, when we are talking about energy rationing in very real terms. Um, how and that whilst w- the energy companies are posting billions of fortunes and payouts to, of dividends to their 
um, shareholders. Yes, huge profits they're making. So the thing is topsy-turvy. Uh, doesn't really m- make sense in, in many ways. So what energy rationing looks like over the next um, like five, six, seven months, uh, what, how the electricity grid will cope, um, how the demand will, will obviously surge as people start turning on their heat, turning on their boilers, turning on um, uh, you know, more lights in winter, uh, what that actually looks like. And I suppose in a weird way, you know, were all of the offices back up and running, um, that would have placed more, much mm. more uh, stress on energy demands in Ireland. So it's it's funny how these things kind of play out sometimes, kind of like a weird Freakonomics kind of thing that perhaps um, the dormant offices and vacant offices and various floors that are vacant uh, and buildings that are vacant all around the country offers a weird kind of reprieve. Now, mind you, that also means that people are using more energy in their homes where they're working, right? If they don't have uh, have public-facing jobs. Yes. (laughs) So the other thing that we uh, think, this is Captain Obvious here over the next few months that will um, be be an issue in Ireland while we're away is obviously the housing crisis. Um, There's uh, more stories out this week with regards to kind of record lows of places for rent and rents increasing again. Um, Also a story that I saw that um, a proposal that um, various uh, groups of people, including uh, builders, had made to the government with regards to refurbishing vacant buildings and making them available for temporary housing for Ukrainian refugees hasn't been taken up by the government. I think that proposal is, is, uh, you know... uh, couple of months or whatever old that the government didn't take up and that even builders themselves are quite frustrated by that um and you would have imagined that oh that's and you know there was lots of talk about at the outset of the refugee crisis of people coming from ukraine oh maybe this is an opportunity where we can actually you know tackle the housing emergency um by by uh with this terrible terrible uh war and the the difficulties that so many European countries are having with an um, influx of refugees from Ukraine, that maybe this could be an opportunity for us to really get some more housing, uh, get some more housing stock uh, in the mix. Yeah. Um, And that doesn't really seem to be happening either. I think everybody has been a bit perplexed as to how and why, um, mobilization of protest hasn't happened around that issue and I think that there's loads of reasons for that I think we we are lacking a kind of singular focus or focal point with regards to the mobilization of protest I also think a lot of people are really worn out um a lot of people understandably it's, it's are today tra- us putting our podcast on hold <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think a lot of people are just trying to kind of get a bit of reprieve from the um acute uh, years of the pandemic um, and maybe turn away a little bit from those, uh, if they have the privilege to do so, uh, from engaging with those kind of extreme issues in the in the housing crisis. Nevertheless, it is quite likely um, that there will be an autumn of discontent and a winter of discontent with regards to housing protests and cost of living protests. We're seeing that kind of ramp up in the UK at the moment um, with various campaigns around, you know, enough is enough on the cost of living crisis and how that dovetails with housing and with the energy crisis as well, and with the small business crisis, right? So they're all interlinked. So that kind of mix around cost of living, 
uh, the cost to running a small business, the energy security and their the uh, ancillary bills rising and housing and the mix of protest in that is probably going to create quite a heady miss, mix in terms of people's capacity uh, to live happy and fulfilled lives and not be frustrated and angry and potentially take to the streets. So that's probably all in the mix as well. And also something that I think is a big deal that we we often talk about, but we don't kind of, I suppose, assign the value and the importance to it. Well, we do, but like there's this uh, Twitter thread that I reposted yesterday, if anyone wants to look at it. And it's like, it's simply saying the importance of how, th- of the importance of beauty in the ordinary and the danger of things being bland and how with a bit of thought, things that are everywhere, like bins or... um like light doors or light lights on street lighting or signage or roads, the type of uh, materials that are used or what buildings we build or the the beauty that can be in a library um, if it's built, the telephone boxes, drain pipes, all these things that you think we just whack one up. Whereas we have just been whacking one up for so long because this is a Dublin specific thing that, there's no thought or foresight given to how the aesthetic of the city, especially, um, and how things look. And that is adding to the, I suppose, the heady mix of discontent because we're all we're surrounded by is crap, uh, lowest common design buildings at the moment. They're being shoved up and the public realm is in absolute bento bits and streetscapes are disgusting. We've no amenities. And if you add that on to the hardship of everything else, the fact that there's no beauty to be found, unless obviously you go to nature, um, I think that really is a big, big problem for humanity in Dublin especially. Yeah, I think that's a really Dublin specific issue as well. I think that like so many other towns and cities across Ireland have um, dealt with the public realm aesthetically and amenity wise much better. Um, And so I think that you know, often when you go outside of Dublin and uh, see what other councils are doing, and even within Dublin County, when you when you go to um, the certainly the the South Coast, you know, and and just see how um, various uh, things rolled out in COVID mobility plans and things like that improve the public realm so much. I think that the capital is finding it really difficult to move with kind of ease and relaxation uh, and beauty uh, in the public realm throughout that. So that's definitely going to be in the mix as well, as well as the reality that an incredible amount of people are just not going back to offices and and the fantasy that people would just return en masse is not going to play out and what that does with regards to potential commercial property crash or the opportunities and solutions within that to yeah. reimagine existing office blocks and potentially um, transform them into housing. I think that will be very slow in the capital because there is very little invention um, at an executive level in Dublin City Council. And also, uh, you know, the government just seems to let Dublin at it. And we know the outcome of that as we've, as we've seen over the past couple of years. So all of those things are in the mix. It's going to be a very interesting time. Obviously, if an election is called, we will be running back into your arms, potentially uh, armed with tarot cards in our uh, unique uh, predictions for who will win different things. But suffice to say, we're going to be away for a little bit um, and we'll come back uh, better, I think, better and uh, 
um, with with some good ideas, with some better structures, with greater focus and rejuvenated. So, yeah, it is time to take a break. It's always a bit like, oh, are we stepping away from something? Will people still stay with us? But I think we're right to listen to our guts um, because doing a weekly thing like this, you know, the deadline of that and the constant engagement with that um, doesn't allow for the type of planning and um broader improvement that we think we need at this point so thank you so much for sticking with us and uh please continue to chat with us about the podcast when we're out and about please continue to drop us some messages and stuff we're so grateful for your listenership we are incredibly grateful for everybody who subscribed to us on patreon your subscriptions will be paused and uh then hopefully you'll still be hanging around uh when we unpause that at an as yet undefined date Uh, But we will be back. So we can't wait to uh, put a pod in your ears in a few months' time. Au revoir for now.